2: Leafs Nation, welcome to the Fan Side Network's home for Leafs talk. Tip of the Tower is proud to present the TOT Cast Leafs Edition with your hosts Chris O'Cranit and David Morasudi.
3: Welcome back to this episode of the TOT Cast Leafs Edition. Joining me, as always, is David Morasudi and Jake Middleton. Guys, how you doing today? Pretty good. How's it going for you? I can't complain, Dave. How you doing?
2: Oh, I'm not, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good considering the weather in Toronto right now.
3: Yeah, we got some wet snow here. It's, uh, it's not too bad, not too bad at all. Um, not as bad as the Leafs have been on the ice recently. They've been putting a good effort forth, but pretty dreadful. But off the ice, they've been making some headlines with some trades here. Recently, we had Sean Matthias shipped to the Colorado Avalanche for Colin Smith in a 2016 fourth-round pick. Then we had Roman Polak and Nick Spalding shipped to the Sharks for Rafi Torres, of all people. But at least he's staying there. And then a pair of second-round picks, one in 2017 and one in 2018. What do you guys think about the deals?
2: Well, I mean, for me, the the Matthias deal, I mean, you got what you could get out of him. Uh, There was not much, I think, value left with Matthias, especially with the way his season has gone. Polak... Uh, that trade I really liked. I mean, to get two second-round picks when many were just saying one second round if they were lucky, and to get rid of Nick spawning in the deal as well, I think that worked out really well for the Leafs. You know, I, I don't think you can complain with that deal one bit.
3: What did you think about the deal, Jake? I wrote about this a little bit in
1: an article I did. I mean, uh, this guy's like Houdini. I don't know how he pulled that <laughs> off. I mean, Sean Mathias, from what I've watched, I would have maybe give up a... I'd give up the Ole Okunin pick, the conditional seventh. And to get a body, no matter... I don't even know anything about him. I don't think he's going to amount to much than a career-ary But to get a fourth-round pick this year is pretty good value. And for the, the Polak and uh, Spaulding trade with San Jose, I was, I was absolutely stunned. I mean, I... I I thought Polak was maybe worth a third and Spalding was worth maybe a bag of pucks. So yeah. I mean, to get to well, not one second, but two seconds is, is ridiculous. I, I mean, I just got a quote with Craig button of TSN said that it's an a plus plus for the Leafs and an F minus 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 for the sharks. <laughs> I mean, they got a, a, a bottom six or a, a last pairing defenseman and a guy that might not even dress for their team for two seconds—I mean, pretty incredible what uh is able to do. I mean, clearly just going around fishing for desperate GMs,
3: and he got—he got, he got uh, one of them definitely. I can't believe how Lamarillo is pulling this off to what you were saying about how it's just shocking. I just picture him because he kind of looks like an, a New Jersey mobster, you know, that he's got dirt on all these other GMs. He's like, all right, fine. You don't want to take this deal? I'm going to let this out. I just I don't know how the hell he's doing it, getting all these, these picks. It's crazy. Two other players that have been swung around rumors recently has been Joffrey Lupul and Nazem Kadri. Do you guys see either of them getting traded at the deadline on Monday?
2: I don't think so. I think Lupul, is, it's a much harder sell because he hasn't been healthy. And, you know, that that cap, I, yeah, I know they've been good at getting rid of big cap hits, especially with the FNF uh, trade, but Lupul's cap hit, is, uh, the amount of games he plays, I don't think a team would want to take that, especially with him signed, uh, not just next year, but the year after. I don't see that happening. Kadri, the only way I can see him getting moved is if the deal is exactly what they want for him because, I mean, they, they're in no rush to move him. He's, a, he's an RFA. They could... Technically sign him to a new contract, and I think that that's a trade you have to wait for the summer to do. Uh, unless someone really blows your uh, brains out with the trade, which uh, with uh, Lou Lamoriello may not be, may, could happen, but I don't think I don't think it's going to happen with either player.
3: What do you think, Jake? Do you think you can move maybe a cadre? I know loophole's kind of hard to move, but I mean, in my opinion, I I don't see any of them
1: getting moved, but. I just am sitting back and watching because there's nothing more that could shock me from the things that he's been able to do in the past two years. I mean, I couldn't put. I mean, I've heard St. Louis is interested in Cadre. I mean, knowing Louis probably able to get like Tarasenko for him. So, <laughs> I mean, but I, I personally can't see it. I think unless, yeah, you're giving a really good deal. I mean, as I mentioned, St. Louis was the one that's been interested in, in Cadre. Unless you're getting. Maybe like a, a second or a first, and, and Robbie Fabry, young player like that. I just I can't really see them uh, g- going out and and doing those deals. And Lupul's obviously he's never healthy, and he's got a big deal too. So I mean i i can I can't put it out of the question because you never know with this management group now. Uh, but yeah, I personally I don't see
3: it happening. Okay, well it sounds, sounds like, like that. We all think Kadri's probably going to be here beyond the deadline. Um, he's making 4.1 mil this year, but there's been a lot of discussion recently about how he's a top 15 center in the league now. What kind of contract are you guys seeing him get in the offseason if the Leafs were to decide to keep
2: him? Uh, when it comes to Kadri, uh you know what? I, there's just too much uncertainty for me to know for sure what, if he's deserving of a raise. I mean, he has played better, but I haven't really seen the, like, he hasn't taken the step that I want him to see to get a big raise. I think if you can get him for under five, five million, I think that would be a reasonable offer. I think people will disagree with me based on uh, some of the advanced stats, but just from what the team needs moving forward, they need him to be like like he played in the Philadelphia game. That's the type of player that they expect him to be. But I haven't seen that enough from him to say, "Yeah, we're going to give you the long term contract at a bigger cap hit."
3: Well, let me throw this at you then, because.
2: Here's a list of guys that are making
3: between five to six mil, and I wanna see if you guys agree that Codre fits in with these guys. Ryan Kessler, Derek Broussard, Jeff Carter, Ryan Callahan, Jordan Stahl, Ryan O'Reilly, Joe Pavelski. All those guys are making between five to six mil. Do you think Codre belongs in that group? What do you think, Jake? I, uh I mean,
1: he's probably a better player than Ra- Ryan Callahan, but uh, I mean I don't I don't see I don't think he's better than any of the other players. Uh, I mean, I personally had him at about I'd give him maybe five years, 5.25. I mean, I'd even be able to overpay a little bit because, you know, he's a pretty good player. And, you know, you gotta, you got to reward your homegrown guys every now and then. And I think he's done a pretty good job this year. I mean, he's still got a couple things that he's got to learn. He's, you know, inconsistent with his maturity and his defensive game. But I think he's made some real strides this year, and I would have no problem with them giving him five years, 5 million. You cool with that, Dave, or you think that's
3: a little too much?
2: You know what? I mean, you could technically give him the five and five million, and then if you decide later that it's just not going to work, um, but he's still able to get fetch you something, then that gives you some flexibility. So, I wouldn't be opposed to giving him a long term deal. Uh, I wouldn't give him more than five, as uh, Jake mentioned. I mean. He, he as I, I do agree he's not better than like a Ryan Kessler or Joe Pavelski. Those guys have had uh, more consistency and you you've seen over the years how good they've been especially Pavelski. I think Pavelski's getting underpaid uh based on his contract a little bit but um yeah, I mean, the only I think it would work based on the fact that Babcock seems to want to work with him more. I'd like to maybe maybe see him with better players around him than like a Leo Komarov and Michael Grabner. Maybe that brings up more out of his game, um, but yeah, I wouldn't give him more than five million in over five years. It's just then you' you're, you're uh, probably making it tougher for yourself to make other moves moving forward too.
3: I'd agree with that. I mean, they' got a lot of cap space coming up here, and how or what they decide to do with it is going to determine their future. Uh, some of the guys that are also going to affect their future here is a lot of the Marlies. There's been jokes floating around now that the Maple Leafs are now called the Toronto Mar Leafs because they've been taken over and call-ups left, right, and center. Anybody that's been called up so far really impressed you guys? Maybe Brandon Leipzig. What do you think about him, Dave? You think he's played pretty well so far?
2: Oh, I mean, he's he's been he got off to a slow start in the HL, but he's really picked it up. I mean, you can see that. I saw, I actually saw him play on Saturday at the ACC, and like. He he. His second goal of the game was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, in tight, he was able like the goalie had him the whole way, and he was able to roof it backhand. Like he has the skill. Um, you know, the size will probably be an issue for some people, but I think he's he's got the drive. He's got the competitive to like the desire to go to the net, do the things that smaller players have to do now to get themselves into a lineup. So. I think he's deserving of the call-up. I thought he's put his time in the NHL. He's, I think he's deserved it, so glad to see that he's getting called up, as well as Josh Lee. I think they both deserve, and because they're not the, the best least prospects, they're probably the best ones to call up and give, get some NHL experience. Jake,
3: has there been anybody that's impressed you so far that's been called up?
1: Yeah, I mean, the two guys right away that I've been really impressed with has been uh, Josh Levo. I thought he's been the best call-up thus far. Of the younger guys, he's been one of the few, too. And also Leipzig. I mean, I've been impressed with both of them. I thought, you know, they deserved getting called up. They've had really good years down there. But, you know, Levo, I'm pretty sure, doesn't he get, like, He's got, like, three goals in three straight games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he had the injury in between, but he's scored a consecutive game since. Yeah. I mean, he's got a really, really underrated shot. I mean, you saw the goal he had against Nashville last night on the, the one-time feed on the power play, which was, you know, a nice shot. And obviously going, you know, top corner twice on on Calgary and, and Vancouver was, or maybe Edmonton, was It might have been Edmonton, yeah. But the second game he was called up, I remember. Yeah, I think it was Edmonton. But you know, just that's who you're looking for. Guys that, you know, are big and you know, heavy and got that sandpaper and can also, you know, score some goals. I mean, if he could end up being a fifteen goal
3: a year player, that's that's good enough for me. That's a third line player in my book. I totally agree. I think he's actually somebody that can chip in. And the pass regime was really hoping Levo could get up here a little bit quicker, but it's nice to see him contributing now. Six of the next nine Leafs games are being played at home. Do you guys think any other Marlies are going to called up here? Maybe a Nylander, or Connor Brown, or even Kaspari Kapanen. What do you guys think?
2: I don't. You know what? Uh, the more I th- you see, I don't know what they're going to do with Nylander, Brown, and Kapanen. I think they want to keep them in the HL a little bit longer. Um, I think part of the reason is because of the injuries that Brown, Kapanen, and Nylander have uh, gone, you know, have dealt with this season. That's kind of, it hasn't put them that far back. I mean, they've been really good this season. Like, they're they're definitely a big part of the Leafs' future. But, um, I mean, I think there's some other players that the Leafs could call up that maybe they could uh, avoid calling up Nylander. I would say if you're going to call up Nylander and Brown, I I would probably go Brown over Nylander just because Brown has had the, the season before. You know, he's had a little more experience, a little more time in the NHL. Uh, so I think uh, Hyman would be another guy I would maybe consider calling up before them just because I think he's, he's been pretty, uh, pretty good with the Marlies as well. But like, I, I, I read an article that they did on the, the three players, Brown, Kapanen, and Nylander, and it seems like they really, really want to be patient with them. There's certain things they want to see out of their game to do consistently in the that They want to see before they go out to the NHL level. Uh, Kyle Dubas mentioned that even Sheldon Keith men- has mentioned that with Nylander. I guess they, you can get you can get a little worried about over preparing these guys, over developing. I mean, I don't know if there's too much to say about overdeveloping being a bad thing, but um, I would probably say those three would have will probably be waiting until maybe next season or just getting a brief stint near the end of the season. I don't see uh, them getting called up right now, right away. Do you
3: think anybody's going to get the call here, Jake, or you kind of agree with Dave? Yeah, I mean, I obviously think
1: some guys are going to get called up, but, I mean, out of the big boys, you know, I just don't see it happening. You know, I have a theory on them, the the Nylanders, the Browns, the, you know, uh, Lindberghs, the Kapanens, Uh I see them being called up with about five games left, so they don't. Uh, burn a year off their entry-level contract because you get nine games before it's it uh, burns a year so that's something they don't want to do but you know you definitely want to give them a, a quick little showcase uh, something they they did a couple years back with with Matt Fratton and they called up all their all their young prospects for one final game and you know I think that's what they're gonna do but uh, this year I think uh, they could the guys are gonna try and call up or Obviously, Levo, Leipzig, uh Archibelo's up, and then maybe Hyman, Soshnikov, um, and maybe that, that's about it. Right now, I think they're pretty full when it comes to players, so the ones that I could see getting traded out would be Parentone Boys, so maybe, maybe Hyman and Soshnikov getting called up, but yeah, I, I think they're going to... Take their time with the with the top top uh, prospects, so and then give them all a shot with a couple games left. I mean, they're also doing it because you don't want to win too many games, you know. With the Oilers doing their best best uh, best job of
3: not even attempting to win. (laughs) Well, we'll get in the Oilers in a bit. What do you guys think about Mitch Marner next year and what to do with him? You keep him in the CHL, or bring him to the NHL, because I know the whole rule change that's going on here. They've got a big decision to make with him. Uh, Dave, I saw you were working on something here about this. Let's hear your thoughts a bit on it.
2: Well, obvious problem with Marner is that there's only two choices you have. You send him back to the OHL, or you keep him in the NHL. Um, I'm writing a, right now working on a piece of the issue with that ruling, the ridiculous rule of uh, you know, players being eligible to go to the NHL or going to the AHL. I think, obviously, the be- the thing that the Leafs' manager wants to do is have Marner in the AHL, but he's not of age to do so. So they have to either put him in the OHL, but I think I think he's too good for the OHL for another season. I mean... So, and the issue with putting him up with the lease is whether or not you're prepared to give him the full-time duty in the NHL, especially with his size. You know, they want him to get stronger. Um, So, that that's a real dilemma. Um, I think it's a rule that should be changed. Uh, I think teams should have more, a little more control on their picks, especially in their development process, because you know it's their future, it's the team's future that they invest with these players. So. I mean, I'm more in the camp of you bring if you're if you're not certain with putting uh, Marner back in the OHL, that you bring him out to the NHL and you either give him a lower role just to get more comfortable in the NHL, start developing, playing against bigger t- players, or you have him kind of in and out of the lineup. I mean, you don't want him to be sitting, t- you know, half a season, but you don't want to put too much pressure on him right away, so. It's it's a dumb rule with the whole NHL OHL CHL agreement, but I mean I guess it's also to protect the uh, CHL from losing all their their good players as well. But yeah, the Leafs have a really really tough decision there. I mean, it only tra- it's only going to be settled once training camp next year comes along and Marner gives the Leafs a kind of more of a sense of where he should be next year.
3: Well, let's say he does play at the Leafs, and let's say the Leafs get a guy like Stamkos. Do you put him up there with him right away or do you kind of let Marner play with, like, um, I don't know, Bozak still here or Codry? Jake, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, one thing,
1: uh, I'm going to go on what uh, Dave was talking about. But, yeah, I think obviously that's a really stupid rule. The thing that I've actually been noticing the past couple weeks is that there's loaning allowed in, in the NHL. I didn't know that. I thought that's an awesome idea. I actually wish they could do it like European soccer, where you could loan these kids to, like, say, a f- the Finnish league or the Swiss league or Swedish league. Uh, I think that would be a cool idea. But, um, I mean, I, I think Marner's way too good for the OHL. I mean, the only thing, there's really nothing that could he could gain by going back there. What is he going to do, put up, you know, four points a game? I mean, it, it's a joke for a player his caliber to stay down there. And if anything, it's just going to, you know, teach him bad habits because, you know, as we know, uh, junior hockey is a little less structured than pro hockey is. And, I mean, I would give him every chance to make make the Leafs next year. I think he will. And, I mean, if he's going to make the team, I would give him every opportunity to play with some talented players. If we could luckily get in Austin Matthews or Steven Stamkos, I mean, I wouldn't put them in top role minutes, but I wouldn't put them on a fourth-line role either. I'd I'd want them to be in maybe like a third-line, second-line role with, with a Kadri or a Bozak, depending on if they're here or not. You know, I think that would be a good idea. But, yeah, you know, I I I think there's only one place for them to be next year, and it's with the Leafs.
3: That's fair. Looking ahead even more, Jake, I think this is something you were really passionate about, the Oilers. They're kind of impeding the league's plan here winning the number one overall pick. You had some real candid things to say about them. Um, the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know how much people know about me and the Oilers, but you know, I generally, and to say it nicely, I hate that organization. They're literally everything that's wrong with tanking. That's the reason why everybody wants a rule changed. It's because of them. I mean, to think that they have... Four first overall picks on their team, Hall, Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Jordan Eberle, and Darnell Nurse, and Oscar Clefbaum, you know, all really good players, and they're a worse record than the Toronto Maple Leafs, who pretty much have guys walking off the street and playing on the ice, is absolutely mind-blowing to me. I mean, it's it's getting ridiculous where you should just start pulling first round picks from them or the NHL should intervene and, and take a hold of their scouting staff because I, I don't know how these guys have jobs. I mean, I've said it before, I think Peter is probably one of the worst executives in all of hockey. I mean, you can just look at his draft. His drafts in Boston. You know, they haven't had a great player come out of there since probably Marshawn or, or something like that. Or, or the Leafs picks that he was gifted, Tyler Sagan and Dougie Hamilton. I mean, you know, you could tell. I just feel sorry for you know all the all the great young talent that's over there. That's that's go, that's literally getting their careers destroyed. I mean, Todd McClellan had everything to say about it yesterday when he is openly just ripping apart his team. You know, I feel so bad for that guy. And you got you got generational player Connor McDavid. Is just. Just getting his talent wasted out there. I mean I know everybody thinks that one day he'll win a Stanley Cup, you know. I think the only way he does is if it's not in an Edmonton Oilers jersey. Damn.
2: Dave,
3: any thoughts like that to
2: that? You know, we need to have some sound effects uh, on this podcast to describe the Edmonton Oilers. I mean you can go with train wreck. I think they're like you know, the leaves were the eighteen wheeler, I think they're like the twenty four or even thirty six wheeler. They're right. like
1: they're yeah. like the atomic bomb. Oh uh, like, like you just know, kill, just kill everything in their path, and then, then they continue to kill people years after it's been dropped.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I can understand the frustration with Leafs fans over the years. This team was not good, but now they finally realize what they need to do to get better. But they're not, gonna and then people are saying, oh, we got to go the Oilers route. If we go the Oilers route, I might shoot myself in the head because I don't want to see." year after year of getting top talent and then this team goes nowhere. That team is not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, you have all these picks as Jake pointed out that are great talent and they're surrounded by what? By garbage. I mean, you, all you need to do is, su- is surround them with half decent players and they haven't been able to do that. Uh, you no know, poor. I think that I've always said the, the Akupov draft draft pick was no, no selecting Akapov was not the best choice. They should have went with like a player like Ryan Murray in that draft, or even someone better than Yakupov. I don't think they needed another Yakupov or like a player like Yakupov on the team because they already had Everly and Hall. I think Eugene Hopkins should not have been in the NHL right away, just because the guy's a first first overall pick does not mean he should be in the NHL right away. So I mean, it's just or it hasn't just been drafting; it's just been developing. It's been overspending on really. L- Bad talent and free agency. I mean, Andrew Ference is like ready to call it quits if he gets bought out. Like I, there's I, I know. I know Leafs fans have reasons to complain. We haven't done anything since nineteen sixty seven, but with the way the Oilers are going, they could be the next Leafs if that's the case.
3: Considering how much of a dumpster fire they are, though, do you feel like there's pieces that I guess the Leafs could go in and purge from them? Because there's a lot of rumors floating around right now that they're going to part ways with a core piece. I know Charlie said in the summer, but out of those core pieces, is there somebody there you'd want? Maybe a Hall or an Everly. I feel like Nuge won't fit because he's expensive and kind of real thin. But is there anybody else there you
1: guys want? I mean, the guy that I've always liked and I always thought he's gotten a bad rap has been Yakupov. I mean, I I would have I was all about you know trading up with the Oilers actually to get uh, Nail Yakupov. I thought he was that good. I mean, you got to accept him for what the player is. You know, he's not. He's not a Pavel Datsuk. You know, that's what the Oilers have wanted him to do. They want him to play this 180-foot game, and it just doesn't work. He's a situational player who's an incredibly gifted offensive talent, and you have to put him in situations to succeed. I mean, you can go back to uh, when Eakins was a coach, and he'd bench him and and, uh, put him on the ice on the penalty kill and put him in the defensive zone for face-offs. It makes no sense. I mean they just they're in denial about that they think they can change players to a mold that that they think is going to work for them and it's just not going to happen. I mean none of the players they have right now are good at playing two-way hockey. And that's just except maybe Leon Dreisidel. I mean I, I don't get it. That's a person who I think uh the Leafs could get. I would like Nylander because I think he had some You know, pretty good skill, and if you put him with a two-way centerman that's defensively responsible, I think he can have a really good career as a sixty to sixty-five point guy. I mean, knowing what what Lou Lamorello just did to an actual good organization, the San Jose Sharks, I would try and trade a Marty Marinsen back for freaking for uh, Yakupov. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just sad. I mean, I'm looking at the draft history for the Edmonton Oilers from the past eight years and. I don't know any of these guys outside of the first-round picks. I, I'm counting on my hand how many players have actually played in the NHL. In the past three years, the, or past five years, they have had only, okay, I apologize. Yep, only first-round picks except for Tobias Reeder, who they traded. And he's killing it with the Phoenix Coyotes. So since 2011, only first-round picks have made this team. Uh, I mean, that's, that's absurd. Yeah. That's probably 50 picks, just looking at it now, and the only ones that have made the team are first-rounders. There's a huge problem there. I, I, think, I think the next part they should just do is just fire their GM, and when it gets to draft time, just just have a poll on their website on who we should take. I think that would go,
3: go better. Dave, is there anybody there you want? I'm, I'm with Jake on the whole Yakpaw thing, but is there anybody else you'd inquire about?
2: Well, I think if Yakupov would become available, I mean, they're they're probably not going to get, they're not going to be able to sell him high. I mean, I I do think Yakupov is a good player. It's just, yeah, he, as Jake said, he's just not surrounded by the right players, you know, on that team. He was put up with in St. with uh, Alex Kachanuk, and you know, those two worked really well together. So I thought Montreal should have gone after Yakupov and reunite those two. But if the Leafs can get him why not if they don't have to give up the moon to get them i mean I've, I've always been a jordan everly fan i don't think you know with the way that everly and McDavid are playing together i don't think there's any chance the OS would get rid of him but i've always been a big everly fan just because he's he's good in in not just offensive uh situations you know they've played him on shorthanded, and he's you know he's been pretty good i don't like i don't see them moving hall Hopkins would even be harder to move because of his contract. I mean, a team would have to really be ready to have him as a number one stand. I don't think the Leafs are ready for that. So if I had to have my pick, it's either Everly or Yakupov, and Yakupov is probably the only one you could get. And if the Leafs can get him at a pretty reasonable deal, I think that'd be a win for them. What about a guy
3: like Justin Schultz? You guys think he's worth taking a flyer on? Jake, you think he's got anything left? Well, not even left anything to start with. He's got such a bad rap in Edmonton now.
1: Yeah, I mean he's kind of the scapegoat there. But you know what? A, what an indictment that is. That we're the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they have the worst team I've ever seen in the history of the league, and they don't want anyone on their team. <laughs> I mean that's that just goes without goes out saying. But I mean, yeah, Justin Schultz. I mean. I was really high on him. I thought the Leafs were going to get him when he was a free agent back then because, you know, Jake Gardner's uh, defensive partner, you know, it would intrigue me because he's a puck-moving defenseman and a right-shot guy too. I mean, I think he just needs a change of scenery. He's definitely a guy I would go out and, you know, try and make a deal for. But obviously the, the cap number that he has got right now at 3.9 just seems a little too high. It seems like a two to $2.5 million player to me, but um yeah no that's a good point he's a player who I would like because obviously him and Gardner have played in the past and you know I thought they were a really good pairing back when they were at Wisconsin but yeah I mean I think the only problem is that uh, what I'm hearing is that Edmonton is just vastly overvaluing these players so I heard they want a a high-end prospect for Justin Schultz and Neil Yakba. But I mean, if they are somehow able to talk them down to it, they're definitely two players that I would have no problem with the Leafs picking up. Dave, you think Schultz is worth taking a flyer on?
2: Well, you know what? Like, I was a little disappointed the Leafs didn't get Schultz when he was uh, when he was a free agent. You know, he had a pretty good season, and like when the league when it was the shortened season, he had a pretty good season both in the HL and the NHL. Yeah, I mean, the Oilers—I don't know what it is—they just don't like. They don't trust their development system. He should have been in the AHL at least a couple of seasons before they brought him up. I think, uh, like, honestly, I do think a change of senior would be nice for him. I mean, you're taking a pretty big gamble uh, in trying to get him, but I mean, if the Oilers are willing to bring down their asking price for him, because really, what are you going to, what do the Oilers think they're going to get from him? Like, this is probably one of his worst seasons with Edmonton, so. I mean, you could, with, the, with the, how open the Leafs roster is right now and moving forward, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to getting Justin Schultz, but, I mean, you have to be really careful with what you give up from, and I think uh, Lou understands that, and, I mean, I don't, see, I don't see the harm in trying it. I mean, he's not going to ask for the moon in a next contract either, too, so might as well. Another thing connecting
3: the Oilers to Leafs here is obviously the number one pick in this year's draft. I think we can all unanimously agree that Austin Matthews is number one. But there's a little bit of debate at number two and who should be taken there. Um, some feel Jesse Pugliarvi, like myself, and a lot of other people feel Patrick Lane. Jake, you seem to be pretty high on Patrick Lane. Uh, give us a case of why Patrick Lane should go number two. Lainé. Line. Lainé, Line sorry. Had, had to correct that. No, I do not blame you, man. But,
1: uh, no, I, I love Patrick Lainé. I, I love both. I mean, I, I'm pretty much okay with, I've come to peace with the fact that Edmonton's going to draft first again, and we're in another kid's career, so, you know, <laughs> second and third is pretty much up for grabs, and I just think if you can get anywhere in the top three, you're going to be happy. I, I think all of them are going to be excellent players. I think Pooley Harvey is really good, uh, but I just think Patrick Laine is better. I mean... If you look at their stats, I mean, they're pretty even. Obviously, the line as having a little bit better uh, season in, in uh, Liga, the, the Finnish, Finnish elite league over there. And, you know, just just how incredible his mix of skills is for a guy his size is incredible. He's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, six, about 215 pounds as a 17-year-old, and he's averaging almost a point a game in a very good league in the Finnish elite league. He has probably the best, one of the best shots I've seen in the past five years coming out for a winger, and his shot, just his shot, I'm not comparing him to this player, but his shot, which is a lacrosse-type release on a wrist shot, reminds me a lot of Alexander Ovechkin and Ilya Kovalchuk. I mean, I think he's got that good of a shot. I think he's got the best shot in the draft, and I think he's got some of the best hands in the draft, too, which is incredible considering he's 6 foot 5 and he's also an excellent skater and he's a lot more physical. I mean, Puljujarvi is a great player. I think he uses his body well, but he's not a guy that's going to go out and run you over. I mean, Line isn't obviously as aggressive as a player like Milan Lucic who's going to run you over and punch your face in, but you know, I think he's a guy who can put up 40 40 goals, you know, dare I say 50. I think he's that good of a talent, just based on his combination of you know size, hands, and skating. It, it's it's unbelievable, but I don't think you can go wrong going any of the two. Dave, what do you think? Line A or Pulleyrv?
2: And
3: I hope I said that right this time, Jake. Yes, yes you did.
2: You're right this time. I mean, when we did our first mock draft, uh, obviously the Leafs didn't get the first or second pick. I mean, I as J, I, I think I'm going to go with Jake here. I think Liney is just really, really good. I mean, he was, he has the shot. He has, I think, he has just that uh, the skills you need in that top top pick. That's a second overall pick over Puolivirta. I mean, Puolivirta is pretty good too. They both have the size, but I mean, I, you see what Liney is doing over in Finland. You know, he's he's putting up pretty good numbers as you know with his age. Uh, the benefit that both of them have for the Leafs, if they do get picked out of the second or third, is that they don't have to go to the CHL. They're, uh, and, you know, they can either go to the AHL or the NHL right away. I think, you know, given their age, I think the Leafs may want to put them in the AHL, so that's a bonus there for either of them. If Puliyarvi could maybe be a centerman, I mean, that could maybe help his uh, his stock uh, and his draft stock, whether or not the Leafs select him, but um, I, I just like Lion's skill. I mean, his shot is really good. You know, they say he has a knack for the big goals. I mean, we,
1: we watched that live when he killed Canada yeah. with yeah. just an absolute cannon.
3: <laughs> on well, one time, yeah, I've seen people call up his shot to uh, Stamkos. Stamkos.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Stamkos, because he just sits on that hash and has that one timer that's yeah. almost unbeatable. Yeah, it's and, pretty impressive.
2: And yeah, you know, I I don't know how if it's going to happen. But I mean, with the World Championships this year, I I wonder if either of them maybe get a chance to showcase their talents against NHL players. If the World Championships, I don't know if the World Championships are having this year with the World Cup of Hockey going down. I haven't been able to check. Just that. just,
1: just to interrupt the the all three of them: Matthews, Linea, and Puliari are more than likely going to play in the in the World Championship, and it actually is still going. I think it's in. I want to say like Belarus or something obscure like that, but I, don't quote me on that.
2: If if it, I mean if if that that would give them a big edge going into the draft because oh, uh, the 2016 World Championship will be hosted in Russia. Russia, nice Russia. So it's going to be in F- the former th-
1: Soviet Union country. I was close.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're close. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be happening. You know, May sixth to the twenty second before the draft. If both of them could be, you know, play for Team Finland in that tournament, that get, and you know, Austin Matthews would definitely get an invite for the uh, team, you know, Team USA. Maybe Marner gets an invite for Team Canada if they don't have, because you know, some players may decline if they're going to the World Championship, uh, the World Cup of Hockey in Toronto. So uh, I, I would like to see if that if either of them gets goes to that tournament, how they play against, play, you know players that are maybe in the NHL now are you no know, pretty decent players. That would help kind of make the decision a little bit easier. But yeah, I definitely have to go with the line if the Leafs have the number two pick. I heard I was talking with someone that said maybe the Leafs if they get two or three, if they're not totally sold in the Finns and they you no know, move down a bit and maybe try to get Matthew to uh to Chuck. If I hopefully I didn't butcher his name there. But, if they could uh play, you know, get him because he's playing in London right now with uh with Mitch Marner and there's a lot of good things to like about his you know with his game i I would prefer to get line a if I if I had number two but there's this is a great thing about having so many top quality players in the top five that you probably can't go wrong with who you get but you want to make sure you're getting the right guy as well and I think line a would be that guy Yeah, so, I
1: mean i I think there's there actually is a pretty big drop off from three or four though you think so? I think. I, I do, yeah. How um, come? I just think those are generational talents. In, ter- in terms of not Connor McDavid, maybe a step below, Yeah. I would put them on par with Nathan McKinnon, like that type of player. It's pretty damn good. And I think, I just think they have 90-point upside every one of them, and as good as I think Alex is, I don't think he's going to be as good as William, but I could be wrong there. I like to chuck I see him as more of a James Van Riemsdyk 65-75 point guy, which is fantastic. Or like a Sean Monahan. Um But, you know, I, I think there's a huge, there's a big drop-off between three and three and four. And then from about eight to nine, there's a massive drop-off.
2: Yeah, no, like when I was, we were doing the mock drafts, like when you look at the Pittsburgh pick, that's, that's going to be a tough pick to make because... I mean, it's it's really tough to say where. Because these guys aren't really well known after, you know, the number nine spot. So credit, they they have Mark Hunter on their side there. They're really going to have to scout well with that Pittsburgh pick. Because I definitely think Pittsburgh is going to make the playoffs. Hopefully they just sneak in. Uh, yeah, that's,
1: that's what I'm hoping.
2: Same. Yeah, that's going to be really tough. I mean, the top five, Pretty there's a pretty general consensus of what's going to happen there. I mean, I, I I do think maybe the Finns, because of their size and the fact that they've been so dominant, gives them a bit of the edge over you know some of the other guys that you know like a, like the Al- Alex Nylander's, you know, to Chuck and London and Ch- uh, Chikorin, who some are not sold on as a you know top two defenseman in the NHL. So I think, yeah, I mean, you definitely have to go with one of the Finns at two or two and three.
3: Before we move offline, there's one thing I really found interesting about him when I was researching him was that uh, a lot of scouting reports were saying that he has an attitude problem. And in 2014, he got kicked off the Finnish national team because he flipped the bird to the coach and some fans, and uh, it didn't turn out too well. And he ended up issuing physical threats to the coach. Are you guys worried about his attitude or you think that was just him being a young kid? Wow. <laughs> I hadn't heard of that, but
1: uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I can't really blame uh, you know, fifteen, sixteen year old. I mean, I've had issues with coaches too. Well, he was seventeen uh, at the time. That's reason why I was I was bringing it up. Yeah, I mean, obviously everybody's got you know some some issue here or there. But I mean, if it's going to be have an effect on me taking him <laughs> second or third, no, I, there's no, there's no chance. I mean, if it was something like he hit his girlfriend or something, God forbid, then yeah, i definitely have an issue with that, but I mean just, you know, getting into a big argument with your coach and flipping off fans, I mean, I've done that before <laughs> it's, not,
2: no. it's not probably not something you're proud of, but you know just in the moment, it, it could also speak to just his competitiveness you know, he may not make the right decision, but it could be for a good reason it doesn't, it, as long as he doesn't have it, like it's not a constant behavioral problem like, you know, we're seeing in the NFL right now, there's just some really bad things going on there with some of the, the younger players. So if it's not something that's always reoccurring, if it's just a one-off, I'm fine with it. If it's something, you know, that you know happens a little more often, then maybe you can get a little, little worried there. But I don't think there's anything to worry about, really, if it's just a one-off sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I just thought it was something interesting that I came across, and then I started transcribing some Finnish newspapers, and uh, they're blowing it up to be a pretty big deal, saying Line alien works hard when things are going well and stuff. And I was, I was like, man, he, he's a 17 year old kid at the time. I don't know how much he can really take into that. And that wraps up this edition of the Tot Cast. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Tips of the Tower. You can also like our Facebook page, at Tip of the Tower. If you have any personal questions you'd like to send to myself, Dave, or Jake, you can reach me, at Chris O'Kranes, on Twitter. You can reach Dave, at D underscore morasuti. That's D underscore M-O-R-A-S-S-U-T-T-I. And you can reach Jake Middleton, at JakeMiddleton12. And if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, at the TOTCast, or at Tip of the Tower. Again, thanks for listening to the show. Everybody have a great night. Take care.
1: It's Varner.